was way cooler than I actually am. I would have started this episode with, like, singing the words to Without Me by Eminem. Like, guess who's back? But, I mean, let me just spare all of you that. But I am back. It's been quite a while, and I feel like I've said that um, every episode all this entire summer or this entire quarantine, but I um, literally can't sit still, sit still today. It's impossible. I've done so much, and it's only 11 o'clock in the morning, um, so I was like, you know what? This idea of recording a podcast... Um, or this specific episode has been on my mind for, like, two weeks. So I'm like, you know what? What else am I doing? I've literally done everything there is to possibly do today. Um, stop, like, delaying the inevitable. Like, stop procrastinating it. When I tell you I've done everything, I've literally put together dinner for tonight in the crock pot. I've cleaned the house. I've organized things that don't need to be organized. I have just done little, like, every time I sit on the couch, I come up with something else to do. I am having a lot of trouble just sitting still. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I've been in this house for a really long time. Um, So, I need to just learn how to relax. But, you know, it's fine. Anyway, um, let's see. What have I been up to? past couple of weeks to a month um no surprise to anybody I'm still killing all of my plants all of them I don't understand why this is so difficult for me I have two succulent plants that are supposed to be able to withstand like the apocalypse and they're both just like sad wilted nothingness Um, I'm trying to resurrect them. I read something that, like, you totally can, but let's be honest. I bought an aloe plant for no reason because I don't, I don't see myself using the aloe, but we're just gonna go with it. Um, and I was in ShopRite yesterday with Frank and I saw all these, like, succulent plants and I was like, oh my god, look how cute. Let's get them. And he was like, yeah, you can get them if you want. And then I just, like, looked at him and he looked at me, and we both knew, like, who are we kidding? Those will be dead. So we didn't buy them. But I am still uh, forever killing my plants. So that's a pretty much a constant, but it is what I'm up to. Um, what else is going on? Frank and I um, just celebrated our first year married last week, so August 17th. Um, what a wild ride. Now, let's, let's be real. We've been together for almost seven years, or wait, have we been together seven years? Uh Uh-oh. Um, we started dating in 2014, six years, okay. So, it'll be seven years that we've been together. That was, that was embarrassing. Um, we've, it's been, just been so long, and we have grown a lot together since we've been dating, um, So, like, that aspect of, like, a celebrating uh, our marriage didn't feel, like, as, to me personally, it didn't feel as, like, monumental because we have been together for so long, but there was something special about your first year married, um, celebrating it while also being inside of a pandemic. So, we got married in August, and late February to March was when all of this chaos started. So, and before 
that, so from like August to February, obviously we had great times and we had a wonderful honeymoon and we were able to really enjoy each other's time and company for that time. But from August to February, I personally, which I've discussed in the previous episodes of the podcast because that's really how this all started, was during that beginning stages of our marriage and during that time, I started this podcast in uh, January. So in that time, I was going through a lot personally um, and it was really affecting me and our marriage. So like a lot of anxiety and depression and, and, you know, a lot of um, just really hard stuff going on. And so the first couple of months of our marriage, while him and I were like great and perfect and well, perfect in the sense of being imperfect, but we were fine and solid, but I personally was dealing with a lot. So it was really hard for me to adjust in some aspects. And then right outside of that, we get handed a pandemic. So our first year of marriage has been trying in, in a sense of we had to navigate a lot together because of things that we couldn't control. So I'm somebody who really latches on to control. I like knowing what's coming. I like having the um, almost comfort of no surprises. And this is something that this year has been something that has been completely out of my control. And I've really had to learn how to take a step back and, and focus on the things that I can control and what that looks like every day. So, I mean, our first year of marriage has been beautiful and amazing, but it's also been, uh, you know, tremendous growth for me. And I'm not going to speak for Frank, but we've, we've dealt with a lot and we've come out or we're coming out on the other side really, I think, a lot stronger together because of things that we had to deal with that weren't even our problem. And, and it's, it's just been, it's been crazy. Um, but we had a really nice day. So we took advantage of the beautiful weather that day. So, 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 oh, for the only, Frank's birthday is August 16th and the anniversary is August 17th. So we, um, I really wanted to get married on the 17th of any month. Um, and August 17th fell on a Saturday and the number 17 is very, um, special to me. My good, good friend, um, Jackie, who I actually don't know if I've ever talked about her on this podcast. I'm sure I have, but not really in detail. Um, my childhood best friend was tragically killed, um, in a drunk driving accident when we were 15 years old. And it's been something that I've carried with me for so many years And I think about her every day and I miss her every day. And her birthday was March 17th. So I knew that I needed or wanted to incorporate the number 17 somehow in, in my life. And, and that is really that, you know, so when we decided to get married, we were looking at the calendar and August was very important to us just conveniently because, Frank's job's really busy in the summer, and I wanted to get married in the summer so that I didn't have to worry about, like, school stuff and working while also trying to get married. So August 17th was perfect. The only um, disclaimer to that was, like, Frank saying to me, we can get married on the 17th. It's the day after my birthday. 
as long as you never jip me of a birthday present. So on August 16th, um, we celebrated Frank's birthday by doing absolutely nothing. And he loved it. We ordered food. We sat on the couch. We napped. Like, it was just a really nice day for him and for me. And then the next day was our anniversary. And we actually took advantage of the day. We went down to Long Branch. Um, and we went to Serena, uh, right in Pier Village, on the water, um, or on the beach. It's the restaurant where, right after we had dinner there, Frank proposed to me. It's one of my favorite restaurants. We went there. We had outdoor dining. The wind was incredible. It was so windy. I was, I, I, I'm surprised I wasn't blown away. We got there, and, like, the weather was beautiful. It was just, like, being in a wind tunnel. I had actually gotten ready, like, hair, makeup, nice outfit, like, the whole nine yards, and my hair was curled, and within 30 seconds of sitting down at the table, my hair was straight and knotted and a little crazy looking, so it was just funny, like, okay, I put all this effort in, and now it's pointless, um, but yeah, it's, it was a nice day, right after we had dinner, we were driving home, and it downpoured. So it felt really nice that, like, we we dodged that. Um, but, yeah, it was a nice day. Just a disclaimer. Or just, you know, maybe a PSA is actually a better term for it. And this is no disrespect to my husband or any of the husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends or anything out there. I'm just going to put this little tidbit of information out there as a woman. Take more pictures of your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your whatever. Take more pictures. I'm going to say right now, if I get ready and I'm looking cute and there's a beautiful background of the ocean or, um, well, let's say, okay, fine. We're in outdoor dining. The world is not our oyster. We got to take what we can get. So even if you're out to eat and the view is a parking lot, take pictures of your girl or your boy or your whomever. Like we want them. We're not going to ask for them but we want them. And listen, I take significantly better pictures of Frank than Frank takes of me. Go through my phone. He's looking like a model. He has all the right angles. He has all the right, you know, the lighting is great. We're always, he's always just looking his best. Go into Frank's phone, look at pictures of me. No makeup. Um, I'm sleeping. He always had pictures of me sleeping. Um, I'm blinking or I look like I'm on various hallucinogens. Like, not my not his best work okay take more pictures of your people it'll make them feel good my love language is words of affirmation so and okay while i'm at it i think we can be all five love languages if you're not familiar with the love languages it's how you um kind of feel loved by somebody else or yourself so for me mine is words of affirmation which is like telling me that I'm doing a great job or saying that you you know just saying something or like posting about it like that's how I feel love um although I will never be the person to be like you need to post pictures of me okay uh words of affirmation Frank's is receiving gifts he loves a good gift he loves being like oh I saw this and thought of you uh, the other love languages, I always forget them. So we've got words of affirmation. We have quali- uh, We have giving gifts. Quality time is another one. Physical touch is another one. And then 
acts of service is another one so acts of service is like hey i did this thing for you even though you didn't ask me to quality time is obviously spending time together and physical touch is actually like you know being physical um so i think you can be all of them mine is like the 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 biggest one for me is uh words of affirmation what this means uh and why i brought it up couldn't tell you because i already forgot but um just take more pictures that's all i'm asking anyway oh my god i need to tell all of you because you've been uh, so many of you have reached out to me and i think it's so nice about um bucky about our dog and you know all of all of these things about him um and I, I feel compelled to tell you guys that um bucky is depressed bucky has depression um we had a dog trainer come in i, I like i can't i can't we had a dog trainer come in um to help us with bucky's um really really bad separation anxiety he does not like being without me or frank we leave the house he does not handle it well um and i was kind of freaking out because i have to go back to work which i'll get to and i was like how am i gonna leave this dog by himself you know for a good portion of the day when he does not like it so we were talking to we had this dog trainer come in uh it's um jersey shore dogs that's the um the company and i highly recommend them um we're still working uh with matt who is the um owner and he's fantastic so if you are looking for a good dog trainer um please you know go uh go look them up so he comes in and within like 30 seconds of seeing bucky he's like is he depressed he he, i think he's depressed and like he was really talking to us about like the psychology behind dogs being depressed and i am not going to lie to you i may or may not have teared up a little bit because it's like are you kidding me this dog who i love and adore and like oh my god he's the best dog but he is, he is a little mopey. He's like Eeyore. He kind of just sleeps around and like lays around all day. He doesn't like to play with toys. He doesn't really like perk up unless we're outside. If we take him for a walk, he's a totally different dog. So we were talking to him about that and he was like, well, if he's capable of being perky and happy and upbeat outside, there's no reason that he shouldn't be that way inside. So we were kind of going through the reasons as to why he is like this inside and it really boiled down to like he doesn't really feel successful in in when he's doing things so that's why he's not playing with toys and like he's feeling um he's like an insecure dog so like he's not really secure with like the the things that normal dogs would be doing like playing and, and jumping and you know just being like a little bit more lively so we're working on getting his confidence up while also dealing with the fact that he doesn't like to be left alone um like right now he is right next to me on his dog bed and I feel like sometimes like I guess because I'm the only one home right now but like dogs should kind of be able to like do their own thing and stay on the couch if they're like sleeping but he has to follow me everywhere I go so it's been a little tough um the silver lining in this is that um I'm actually not going back to work for the for a while I don't know if this is like confirmed or I honestly again my head is so far into the sand like I said the last time uh that I recorded like obviously a lot of stuff has happened since then and I don't want to like get too too specific but it seems like 
if things are going the way that they seem to be going, um, I will be working from home until, like, well into the fall, um, even maybe, like, the winter. So that could mean that I'm literally going into the building and teaching from my classroom, but nobody's there, uh, or staying home. So I do have the time to work with Bucky and make sure that, you know, I'm helping him feel, you know, secure in being left home alone and also with me here. So there is a silver lining and I, I, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but it's just been a wild ride and it's going to continue to be a wild ride. I was on the couch with him last night and Frank was there and I always talk to my dog, like, like he's going to answer me. And I'm like, you know what? No matter what, we're going to figure it out. You know, we're going to get you happy and we're going to, we're going to do what we can for you. Um, and Frank's like, oh my God, like you're full on crazy. Like, and I acknowledge my crazy. I acknowledge the fact that I am internalizing a lot of what's going on with my dog. Um, I'm just, I just worry all the time. So (laughs) it's been, it's been a little stressful. And because of that stress, like I never want to leave him because I'm afraid of what's going to happen and I feel guilty and, and it's like kind of chained me to my house. Like I don't feel like I can leave my house ever and that's not good. And I was talking to my therapist about it uh, two weeks ago and she was kind of like, okay, we're going to have to break through this because you can't just stay in your house every single day. It's not good, which is where, like I talked about earlier, which is where that like constant need to be doing something around the house has come from because I'm not leaving I feel like I can't relax here either and I always have to be accomplishing tasks so she gave me some homework which was that I had to leave my house every single day for at least an hour so that's been a little bit of a challenge for me because I feel like we're already limited into what we can do every day because of you know being safe but I'm also like okay I need to I need to do something every day. So I've been like going to the park and walking around for like an hour, um, going to the beach by myself or with, you know, a friend or two, like, you know, safely or um, running errands that I can run. Like I have to leave my house every single day. So it's been tough because it's, it's creating a little bit of anxiety. And I know that's how I, that I know that that's, the purpose of it because I'm uncomfortable leaving the house right now um, for a whole host of reasons but I think the biggest one is the dog and feeling like I shouldn't leave so I've had to challenge myself for the past couple of weeks to leave my house Um, so I actually don't have a plan to leave my house today so I need to come up with that at some point so we'll see how that goes um anyway what else have I been up to oh my goodness If you're a Netflix person, which I mean at this point, who isn't, two shows that I have been watching, one that I've already watched and one that I'm currently watching, uh, the one that I watched is called Love on the Spectrum. It's like five episodes and it's all about um, autistic adults who are trying to find love. Oh my god, watch this show and fall in love with these people like I did. It is the most um, heartwarming positive um just a feel-good show that I didn't think was going to be a feel-good show I was hesitant to watch it because I'm a bleeding heart I cry like actual tears if I see somebody eating 
by themselves out in public. Even if they're happy and content to do so, I cry every time. Since I was a kid. Um, and so I was afraid that this show was going to, like, bring up a lot of, like, sadness. Um, but it wasn't. It was actually really, really good. And I highly recommend it. Um, the other show that I'm currently watching and honestly having a hard time getting through is this documentary series called Unwell. They're both documentary series. Um, but this one, Unwell, is all about different wellness, like, niches that people are into and how there's like two sides of each episode like the good and the bad and whatever that wellness like thing is for that episode um so the first one was essential oils so like the benefits of them but also like the drawbacks and the negative stuff and the controversial stuff about uh essential oils and which is it it was very interesting for me to watch because I use essential oils in a diffuser like I don't eat them I don't consume them I don't like roll them on my body but I diffuse them in in like a in a diffuser uh you know like with water vapor and I actually stopped doing it at home because I was reading all this stuff about how essential oils can be harmful to dogs and I I mean I guess like I just am rather I'd rather be safe than sorry so I'm actually just gonna bring it to work and have it in my classroom for like before and after kids are there if that's even the case um So that was that one, which was very, very interesting because it also talked about like the multi-level marketing in essential oils and how it can be um, a negative thing. And then another one was about like adults drinking breast milk. Honestly, like I had to stop watching that one because it was freaking me out. And then there's like some other ones that I haven't actually gone through yet. Um, But I... I, I had to stop because I'm on the breast milk one and I should give it another chance, but it was weird. So if you are like, if you can handle like really bizarre people doing weird things while thinking that it's good for them, you'd probably be into this show. I am into a lot of things, but some things I I can't really, I can't really do. So we're going to see if I continue to watch that show. The other episodes are, like, people who are, like, fasting, and, um, I can't remember the other ones, but it's, it's a wild ride, and I, I'm gonna see how it goes. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing at home. I am trying to wrap my head around what it's gonna look like when I go back to work. Right now, there's so many things up in the air, um, so I'm kind of just, like, all right, I, again, I, I've been really trying to focus on the things that I can control, so I can't control anything about when I'm going back to work, despite what people think. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media about teachers, and I really try to not take it personally because I know that it's not directed to me, but I also feel very defensive of good teachers. Now, I know that there aren't amazing teachers in the world. There, There's good ones. There's, but in every, in every job, there's good employees and bad employees, Um And I'd like to think that on a good day, I'm a good teacher. And it's hard for me to see people um, kind of, like, generalize teachers and say that, like, oh, my God, all teachers are so selfish right now because they don't want to go to work. Um, We literally have no control over if we go back to work or not. 
we aren't making the decisions. We aren't consulted. We have been asked like safety concerns that we have. And that also depends on like where you work, what your circumstances are, what your building is like, how many kids are in the building, if you have air conditioning. Like there's so many factors that go into opening up schools that like I think a lot of the general public is like teachers don't want to go back so schools have to stay closed and and, you know you have to learn remotely students and that's just not the case like (laughs) when in the history of education has a teacher had control over anything (laughs) so and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way towards schools or education or administration or or anything or board of it nothing I don't even mean it that way I just mean that like our jobs are to come in and teach kids and 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 do justice to it we're not making big decisions so the the biggest decision that I'm that I can make oh my god there's a bug on the wall over there oh I'm so sorry but it's huge and it's in a place that I can't get it and I have to burn my whole house down that's it throw the whole thing away we're gonna pretend it's not there and we're gonna get back to the point the biggest decision that I can make is like if I'm going to be able to use the bathroom in between classes I'm obviously joking and being sarcastic I make good decisions or I have to make decisions and and things of that nature but like I don't get to decide if school's open so can we just stop shaming teachers and saying that, like, if they can go to Target and get groceries, they can open up schools? Um, mm-hmm, let's not, all right? Can we just all just be nice? Um, I will say that I did, like, a whole closet purge. I got rid of so much stuff, like, clothes that I don't wear, things that don't fit. Um, put on my work pants for the first time since March. That wasn't fun. Um... I'll be buying new work pants but I'm also so I bought some new work clothes like when I was optimistic and thinking I was going back to work they're gonna sit uh with tags on them in the closet for a little while longer but I refuse to buy anything else because I'm like if I'm gonna be video teaching it's gonna be like nice shirt on top uh leggings on the bottom like I'm not I can't do it unless I have to stand up we'll see I literally have no idea what this is gonna be like so let's This is very riveting stuff, and we're going to figure it out together. Anyway, I want to talk to you about, before I get into, like, the actual episode, now that I've been talking for almost 27 minutes, um, I, I would like to tell you that things will get better soon. I don't really know if that's the case. Um, and I think that this new normal that we're dealing with is um, not really going anywhere. So with that being said, I had to really come to terms with the fact that wearing a mask is not going anywhere anytime soon. Now, I was always and I am always wearing a mask if I'm out in public. I care about other people, so I'm going to wear this mask. Um, but I was kind of like defiant in like I saw people like buying masks that were cute or match their outfits or were nice and I was kind of like I'm not doing that because I hope that this doesn't last long so I'm just gonna wear like the blue medical mask um and like I'm not gonna invest any money in in this because it's temporary and then I kind of was like number one yes it's gonna be temporary but for how long and number two like it's really hard right now to feel good about things and to feel um kind of just like 
cautiously optimistic, at least for me personally. And I'm trying to manifest happiness and joy every chance that I can. I have to literally like manufacture it myself because it's, it's, I'm finding it hard to get it organically. Um, so one way that I've realized that I can have a little bit more joy is by buying cute masks. Um, so at first I was like, where am I going to get them? What do I, what do I want to get? I ordered a bunch from Old Navy because they were on sale and because I have no self-control when it comes to Old Navy. Do not knock Old Navy, by the way. They're not just American flag t-shirts that you get on the 4th of July. There are nice clothes at Old Navy. Anytime, literally anytime, someone's like, oh my god, I love your whatever, dress, pants, skirt. I don't wear skirts. Dress, <laughs> pants, um, top, cardigan, whatever always Old Navy. I always joke around that I'm body by Old Navy. I don't wear anything else, pretty much. Um, anyway, I bought masks at Old Navy. They're back ordered. They're not coming until mid-September. So I was like, okay, I need to get some other masks in the meantime. So my best friend Kelsey's cousin is making masks, and they are adorable. Beautiful, beautiful masks. Um, and so affordable three dollars each three dollars uh plus shipping which shipping is like a flat rate and it's totally worth it um i got the cutest masks and they're so well made like when i tell you that they're durable they're washable machine washable you can dry them they are um, i I feel kind of silly like ranting and raving about these masks but i would never um, talk about something that I didn't personally believe in or personally like. And this is something that I'm willing to, like, shout it from the rooftops. Uh, Kelsey's cousin's name is Tara. And I don't personally know her. Um, however, I, I honestly can't remember if I've ever even met her. And I know that's really, really bad. But my memory is that of a goldfish. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm willing to say that I haven't. However, I feel like I have. Number one, because she's my best friend's family member and number two talking to her was one of the um more pleasant experiences that I've had recently and like it was just so nice to talk to somebody who is nice and wants to help people and is doing a phenomenal job um so this all kind of came about because Kelsey had posted that her cousin was um making masks and so I like kind of was browsing through her Instagram and she kept reiterating, like, if you want a mask, DM me, direct message me. It's not weird. It's not awkward. I want her whole thing is like she just wants to make sure that people have what they need, and if she can do that while also creating really pretty, beautiful masks, it's like two birds with one stone. And they're for women, and they're for men, and they're they kind of like she has all these different patterns that really appeal to anyone and everyone. So I bought three masks. One is, like, a, a cute little, like, cactus um, pattern. Um, another one is, like, black and white. And then another one is floral. When I tell you, I've worn each one of them out. And I've had people come up to me asking me where I got them. Like, that's what I'm saying here. You need these masks. And she really is good about uh, taking suggestions. Like, what do you want? And how can I help you? And what, like, she's so... Um, 
approachable and really wants to to make it a good experience for you. So if you are interested in getting a good quality mask that um, will just really make you happy, um, I will put in the, um, in my Instagram, I will post it. I, I already had in my story, but I'll put it in, uh, I'll put her Instagram in my, uh, on my, on my Instagram page and you can go and uh, DM her. It's not awkward. It's not weird. I felt funny at first, but she really, you know, makes you feel comfortable in reaching out to her and she wants people to reach out to her. So I will post post that and I really hope that you guys take advantage of it because, oh my God, they're so cute. I love them. And she's making them for men too. Um, and she has fall colors and, and patterns coming out soon. Probably Halloween ones because let's be honest, guys, these masks aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So you might as well feel good while wearing them. And... I mean, at this point, just match them to your outfits. I, I don't know about you, but like the blue medical mask was really messing up my outfits. I'm partly kidding, but I really think that this is something that you'll uh, be happy that you did. So I will post that um, on my Instagram and we'll go from there. So the actual topic that I want to talk about uh, today is um, different triggers, that people have and what that really means and what it means for me. Um, so what it means to be triggered by something is like you read something or you see something or something happens and you have like a, a physical reaction to it. Um, in, and it's a spectrum. Like it's different people who who experience things differently. Um, so a lot of people can be triggered by uh, reading or hearing about like abuse of any kind, um, about certain like political things or really anything. And for me, my uh, anxiety is really, really, really elevated um, when I drink. And that has been a huge trigger for me lately. So let's backtrack a little bit. I am not a big drinker. I don't, uh, I don't really like to drink that much. Um, and I always thought that I didn't like to drink because I never felt good when I drank. Like, I have really, really bad um, acid reflux. <clears throat> really bad acid reflux. Um, to the point where, like, anything that I eat or drink makes me uh, have pain. Um, I take a Pepsid every single day. Now, I already know that I need to go see a, a, a specialist about this, and I am going to call them, I promise. But I always thought that I didn't drink alcohol because I didn't like the feeling in my stomach when I drank it. Now, that's partly true. Another part of it is that I hate, hate, hate a hangover. I refuse to be hungover. I don't like it. I'm too old for it. And it's the worst feeling. But I, I really kind of dug deep over the past two weeks. And I, I think the real reason that I don't like to drink is because the next day I have debilitating anxiety about it. Debilitating anxiety. Now, I think that there's a lot of different um, reasons why my anxiety is so bad about drinking. Um, and just to, like, name a few of them, one is that I've had experiences where after I drank, um, people have been angry with me and mad at me. And if you know me personally, you know that one of my biggest fears is people being mad at me or not liking me. Now, I don't mean that of like, oh, I don't like her. Like, you cannot like me. That's fine. I mean that like, you liked me and now you don't. Or um, you're mad at me. Like, I did something to make you angry. Or I hurt you. 
that uh, is something that I literally can't stomach. So my anxiety is really exacerbated after I drink because I ha- the next day automatically assume that I did something to hurt someone or that someone's mad at me, even if nothing happened. The voice in my head or my anxiety or whatever we want to call it convinces me that I did something even if I didn't. So the reason, I don't know, um, but I also like had an experience where I was in a relationship with somebody who was addicted to drugs and alcohol, um, which that's not something I'm going to get into uh, yet, if ever. And I always felt like I was doing something wrong if I drank alcohol, even if I knew that I didn't have a problem. I think I thought by association it was selfish of me to do that. I, I think that might be a bigger piece of it, but that's not something I'm willing to dive into right now. But I think for me, outside of that, the anxiety that I, I get from drinking is is really rooted in like people are mad at me, people hate me. So a couple of weeks ago, I was with, um, I was with my friends and we were, it was, so my best friend Kelly, um, first weekend in August or the second weekend in August, we were supposed to be in New Orleans celebrating her bachelorette. Obviously, um, that had to be postponed. So we decided to do a, an outdoor pool party type of thing. Um, and just kind of celebrate her that day. It was only a few of us. It was really, you know, it was safe. We felt comfortable and it was beautifully done by her sister. And it was, it was just a really nice day. Now, of course, there was drinking. So, um, there was like this, I think it's called a hurricane and it was like a mixed drink that was really sugary. And, um, my body doesn't handle that well, like alcohol with sugar, will really aggravate my acid reflux, but it also goes right to my head. And I don't drink a lot. Like, if you know me, you know that I'm going to nurse that one drink, like, the whole entire night. Um, And so I had, like, one or two drinks and maybe, honestly, maybe even more than that. And I had a great time. Like, I... I had fun and it was... It was a... It was a beautiful day with with great people. But I knew that I, I was a little bit drunk. And that sent me into such a spiral. One, because when I drink, I automatically assume that I'm too much. And I know I've talked about this so much and, and, and I have made a lot of progress with it, but alcohol makes me feel like I am right back to square one. I'm talking too much. I'm too much. I'm loud. I'm you know, I'm making people annoyed, whatever, fill in the blank. Like, any any negative thought about, your, you know, yourself or myself is what was kind of going on there. So, the next morning, and, like, nothing happened. Nothing happened. It was a nice day. But the next morning, I woke up with debilitating anxiety. Debil- like, when I tell you it was so bad... It took me hours, hours to get out of it. And if I'm going to be 100% truthful, I'm still coming down from it weeks later. I woke up feeling like the world hated me. All my friends hated me. um, People were mad at me. uh, And I cried for like 
three hours. I had called my mom in the morning and was talking to her about it. And because she she texted me like, hi, I hope you had a great weekend with your friends. And like, it just like, that was it. I was like, so I called her and I was like, trying to talk myself through it. And, you know, your parents are are a good, are a good, you know, sounding board, but they're also going to tell you like, that you're amazing in every way, no matter what you do. So my mom is, she's a great judge of character, but she also loves her kids. So I'm talking to her and she's like, Daniela, no, stop. Nothing happened. You're fine. You're beautiful. You're a shining star. Like all of these, like just so, like just nice things that like aren't even relevant to the point where she was like, Daniela, you had a beautiful wedding. Like, I'm so proud of you and how you planned your wedding. And like, your body is amazing. People will kill for your body. And I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? Because I'm talking about feeling anxious about drinking. And you're talking about like how you would like, I like just the most, you know, irrelevant stuff. She was like grasping at straws to try to make me feel good. And she's like, and you're a phenomenal cook. You have a beautiful home. Your husband loves you. You have a great dog. Like just like running down a list of like nice things about me. And I'm like, thank you. But I don't really think this is what we should be talking about. So I love her and she's an angel, but obviously not, not really getting to the root of the problem. Um, And I was really, really, really in a bad place. Like, I... So, Frank was actually taking a nap on the couch. He had no idea that any of this was going on. I was upstairs in the room that I'm in right now, which is, like, a guest room slash an office. And I sat down on the couch bed thing that is here. And I was sobbing. Sobbing. And I called Kelly because I was convinced that she was mad at me and that she hated me. And she had no idea what I was talking about. And you would think that that um, would help and it didn't. Like I was convinced that she was lying when she said that she that she loved me and nothing happened and that, you know, she wasn't mad at me. And then I had to talk to Sarah, my other best friend, and was telling her everything and she was saying, she was echoing the same stuff Kelly was, but I was convinced that she was also lying. My anxiety was in, was so bad that entire day. I like I can't even describe to you what it was like except for the fact that I'm still still working through it. Um so it really made me think about being triggered and what that meant and why I was so triggered. So my trigger I guess is alcohol and I don't have a problem. Like I don't have I don't drink too much. I don't drink all the time. I don't like it's when I drink the next day, my anxiety is so bad. And it's it's not like, oh, I drank too much and I feel like garbage. And it's literally, I drink and I automatically assume the worst. So I don't, I think for me, I don't like feeling out of control. And alcohol will very easily make you feel like you don't have control. So I think that's the biggest problem And I always am constantly in my head, like, did I do something? Did I say something? Am I too much? And I really have been trying to avoid that negative self-talk regardless of alcohol. So putting alcohol into the equation is just going to exacerbate the issue for me. So I'm, I'm really learning on how to get past it and how to be able to enjoy myself with my friends and not feel like 
the world is out to get me the next day. And I think the first, the first like order of business, so to speak, is number one, eliminating alcohol altogether or understanding that like you don't like I know I if you've been out with me you know I'm gonna be the sober one because I don't like to drink um now I like to have a drink but I'm not like yeah let's get crazy and rowdy and I don't that's not me and it's never been me so I know that like I can go out and have a drink and be fine and I'm totally fine with that that's not something that I think is gonna like alter or change my life in any way I think that how to address it and get past it is like hey you can have a drink or no drink you know either one but understand that you're with people who love you unconditionally and they want you around and they they value your friendship and you're fine the way you are like I think eliminating the negative self-talk is more important than eliminating the alcohol because if I feel this way sober it's just going to be worse if I if I have a drink or two so um understanding that like people want you around and not that like my I think my big thing is like such an I have such an imposter syndrome where it's like I have wonderful friends and a good group of people that I surround myself with but I always assume that like they don't actually want me around like they tolerate me and that's a shitty feeling um but it's the truth like I don't want to lie um so I think figuring out how to know that the people that I'm surrounding myself with want me there is a bigger step than, you know, anything else. Because, again, alcohol isn't a problem for me. I can have one drink. I can have no drinks. I can be totally fine either way. But I need to understand how to be fine in every situation where I'm going to be in a, in a social setting. Um, I've had to really work on a lot of positive self-talk a lot of like you're good everything's fine nothing's happening your friends love you your family loves you nobody's mad at you I I walk around thinking that people are mad at me all the time and it's it's so exhausting and it's so heavy and I'm constantly like second guessing things I think I, I you know tone is very important to me and like messages are always misconstrued when it comes to tone so that's something that I've internalized and I have to learn to not do that so I think when it comes to triggers for anyone and this could be different mine is is mine personally and I don't know what that looks like for someone else but I can say that if you are feeling triggered like first being able to to identify what it is that's triggering you and why and then kind of unpacking that and digging deeper as to like why did this particular thing trigger you and what was the like surrounding circumstance so for me alcohol triggered me or my alcohol triggered my anxiety but it triggers my anxiety when I'm in a social setting with like more than three people so I think figuring out why when I'm in a social setting is it really a problem? Well, it's because I'm insecure in thinking that people don't like me and that I'm too much and that I'm annoying or I'm too loud or whatever. And that's the real issue is like the insecurity behind me or within me. So I think if you're struggling with like feeling anxious or or why certain things bother you more than others, first of all, I just want to 
acknowledge that it's so hard to unpack all of this. So, I mean, give yourself grace in doing it. And second of all, like, you don't have to fix everything all the time. Like, I've, I'm such a fixer, and I've had to learn to acknowledge the feeling and, and be okay with the uncomfortable feeling for a little while. Like, I always want to fix everything, but I think for this situation, there really isn't anything to fix because it's all in my head. So, un- acknowledging and understanding the feeling and kind of talking myself through it, like, okay, I see that you're feeling anxious and uncomfortable about whatever. Let's sit with that for a little while until it brings up other things and, and really figure out why this is going on. And it's not easy, um... But I think if I'm going to be honest with myself, it's it's more about me than it's about than it is about anybody else or about whatever it is I'm drinking. I could be drinking coffee and probably feel this way. Um and I think it all really boils down to feeling the need to please others. Um oh, if you hear my dog snoring, that's pretty loud. Um it's just a process and and it's not easy and it's been very difficult and I I don't think that I I truly realized how much it was impacting my life until it became so debilitating that there was no other choice but to like cry for three hours and who like in what world is that a healthy way to deal with something so it's been hard and I I mean thank you for listening to this 50 minute spiel about nonsense and then also something real but, I mean, I feel like that's that's what I'm dealing with right now. And it, I can't just, like, talk about random stuff without acknowledging why I've been absent for a month and why it's been so difficult for me. Well, because I'm having a really hard time feeling secure in anything that I've, I've done or that I'm doing. And I didn't want to com- come on here and be a fraud. I didn't want to come on here and be like, oh... I'm going to just going to spend another episode talking about nonsense and what I'm reading and how, you know, a one-step blow dryer is amazing. Like, yeah, that was good for for then, but so much has happened since then. And it's really been a struggle to pull myself out of this trench that I'm in. And I feel like I've been saying that so much, and I'm really not this Debbie Downer person, but I am, we are... (laughs) in the middle of a really hard year and I can't pretend that it's rainbows and butterflies every day some days I'm great and some days it's hard and I think anybody and everybody can deal with that I've been working super hard on on remaining positive amidst negativity and in order for me to continue to do that I had to take a step back and get myself into a place where I could talk about all of this. Three weeks ago, I could not have. Tomorrow, it'll probably be easier. Next week, it won't be a problem. Oh, big snore, Bucky. Big snore. (laughs) The life, right? So, that's that. I'm struggling, and I have no problem admitting that. It's been very hard for me. This month, this year today (laughs) and if you're struggling too man you're doing the work and it's hard and and it's going to continue to be hard until one day it's not as hard and 
I'm, I'm proud of me, and that takes a lot for me to say that. I'm proud of me, and I'm really proud of you. Number one, for listening to this. Um, and number two, for, for, for doing the work. And every day the work looks different. And just because you, it seems like other people have it all together and are so happy and secure doesn't always mean that that's the case. We're all fighting something. And social media is not real life. It's a, it's a highlight reel. No one's showing the bad days. But that's why I'm doing this. Because it's not, it's not real life until you make it real life on social media. So that's that. Anyway, I'd like to end this on like a, a positive note. Um, but I don't really know how to segue into that. Um, so today's Monday. I'm hopefully going to have a new episode uh, a little bit more regularly now. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the patience that you've had. Um, and thank you to the people who have been reaching out to me, asking where new episodes are in, in like a really nice way, not like a, a lady, what are you doing? And for those of you that are kind of catching up, um, because now you have the time to listen and have, you know, messaged me about certain episodes and how you're enjoying them or it's helped you or you like listening to me or whatever. I've had so many people this summer really just say beautiful things and I can't tell you how much that means to me. So thank you for being in the trenches with me and hopefully next week or whenever I'm feeling like I can do this again, we're having better days. So enjoy the rest of your day. And if you like this episode, let me know. I always love hearing from everybody. Um, share it. Tell a friend. Do all the things that, you know, I would like you to do. <laughs> Talk to you later.